we had a meeting of the minds, and there was only one of us there. There he is right there. <laughs> no, amen. Amen. Take your Bibles. Don't you just love the world? I like, I like turning on the news every now and then, especially when I'm bringing up my email. You get a couple news clippets every now and then. It's just kind of interesting. And the fight never ends, and it keeps going forever and ever and ever. Uh, it's, it's about a fight on every side that you look at. It's, it's an amazing thing. And what I realize is in the mix of all that stuff, I like the Lord. Peter come up to I was reading through Matthew, and Peter, Lord come up to, uh, Peter come up to Lord, and he said, hey, man, I was uh, approached by this guy out here, and, and he's asking me if we pay our taxes or not. And the Lord said, well, yeah, you should. That's pretty cool. And Peter said, yeah, but he said, da, da, da. And he said, well, go down, catch a fish, first fish you catch, throw a hook in the water, catch a fish, open his mouth, get some money out, go pay your taxes and mine. And, and he just moves on. Uh, he tells the young man, he says, go sell everything you have, come follow me. Well, I want to follow you. But I've got all this stuff attached to the world. And he goes, well, go sell it all, give to the poor and come follow me and you'll have... And he, he said he couldn't do it. The kid walks away. The young man walks away. Uh, serving Jesus Christ is probably one of the hardest things you'll ever do in your life. Uh, and to get all the other stuff out of the way to where you can Genesis chapter 42. I'll be able to finish that here in a few minutes, I think. But then I got 43. How about that? Yes. I like my Bible, man. I tell you what, it's, a, it's an interesting book. Uh, life is interesting. It just gets more and more interesting as the day goes on. And uh, it's getting shorter and shorter and shorter. If you think it's not, uh, you need to just read your Bible uh, and watch what just happens, what little bit, and try not to get so involved in it because it goes by really quick. And the more you get involved in it, the, the less you see really what's going on. And this world keeps offering you those little hooks and stuff in there, and they keep pulling and pulling and pulling. And, you, and pretty soon it'll get you and you won't be able to let go. Have you ever seen those fisher nets they drop and whales get stuck in them and sharks get stuck in them and dolphins get stuck in them and they just end up dying? It's just a, it's just a net. It's made to catch fish, but it'll catch other things too. You just got to watch out. So we ended here in uh, 42-29. Uh, Jacob, Jacob uh, uh, his sons come back. The sinner, I said this last week, the sinner starts attributing his convictions and circumstances to God. Because in verse 28, it says, what is this that God had done unto us? They found the money in their sacks. 29. And, and they came. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for your blessings today. Thank you for just a church to come to on Sunday morning. Thank you for uh, the word of God that is, is before us, Lord. And uh, Father, it's never changed. Uh, they're fighting over in the Middle East. And uh, that fight's been going on for 4,000 years. They're fighting up in Russia and Ukraine. And Lord, uh, China's ready to get in on the thing. And South Korea, North Korea is in, uh, I mean, Lord, Vietnam, all of them, Lord, just uh, ready to jump at any given time. Uh, Lord, it's an amazing thing what you've done, but Lord, we got uh, the word of God that we can hide, and it's a shelter in a time of storm, it really is. Uh, Lord, we can always trust you to do what you're going to do, and Lord, thank you for a Bible that when we read these stories, we see that there's other men and women in the Bible that face the exact same things we face today. There's no difference. I just pray that you give us the courage and strength to, uh, to work through these things. Father, again, we'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, uh, Jacob is sitting here, and uh, his boys are telling him some stuff. And they came unto Jacob, their father, unto the land of Canaan, and told him all that befell unto them, saying, uh, The man who is the Lord, uh, who is the Lord of the land, spake roughly unto us, and took us for spies of the country. And we said unto him, we are true men, and we are not spies. Now, 
Uh, when a person says that, you don't know. Unless you know that person, you cannot even, that statement right there means absolutely nothing to Joseph. Now, Joseph knows his brethren, so he knows a little bit more about them than what they think. But if they were totally separate and neither one of them knew anything about each other, the groups, uh, Joseph and them, uh, that statement right there is, is just a statement that somebody says. We say, well, I'm a good person. Well, unless, unless you got a testimony, that's where your testimony comes in. And I'm telling you, brother, it really does matter. Uh, your testimony matters a great deal. Uh, it matters. Everything about you is about your testimony, and it takes time to develop a testimony in other people's eyes. Uh, we expect to get people saved momentarily in an instant. I give you a track. Get frustrated because they don't. Your testimony is what does it. Uh, if they see Jesus in you, then the, the Lord can use that to help get them. But if they don't see Jesus in you, they'll never see what's in that track. Now, God can be merciful and gracious and do, do something with that track and save their soul because of, uh, in spite of us. But I tell you what, it sure does help a lot if you've got a testimony before them. The world needs to see it. Christians live in a Christian testimony. And, and it's not here in church. It's when you get out of here and you go in this world. I was telling Beth, uh, I was in a store one day. I went out to Walmart to get something. Left Lexus Nexus. And I walked up the counter. And here's all this stinking filth, smut magazine. I call them all smut magazines. Uh, Inquire and all these other, all these stories and all these other stuff. And you look over here and here's this. You look over here and there's that. So I just started looking up in the sky and just doing, just doing this, minding my own business until I get to about six or seven people in front of me in the counter. I got my head up like this, and, and I walk up, and I go to pay my stuff, and as I'm walking out the door, I hear somebody, hey, Mike, Mike, and there was a, a lady behind me that I work with, and she was watching exactly what I was doing, and I had no idea she was there, and she goes, I watch what you do, and she goes, you like looking at the ceiling, don't you? <laughs> I said, yeah, because all this other stuff, man, you can't look at this other stuff. You never know. Now, I had nothing to do with her. I just knew that I shouldn't be looking at that stuff. And, uh, and I'm like, Lord, I said, what do you do? He said, look at the sky. I street preached down in, in uh, Virginia Beach. And I was down there one time street preaching. And, and I mean, all the girls down there in bikinis. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, I, I heard a guy say the other day, if a guy says, ladies, the way you dress matters. Amen. Any man that says it doesn't is not a man. Yeah. He's not a man. Uh, a true man is going to like what God gave him to like, which is the way ladies look. Uh, I think the Lord knew exactly what he was doing when he created females. Uh, he made them exactly to be attractive to males. And you know what the world has done? It says, lady, show yourself. Guys, show yourself. You, you are, no, you, are, you have a testimony. And this world is looking at that, and how you dress could remove their mind completely off of what you're getting ready to tell them, or even if you will tell them. Uh, the man said unto us, uh, he said, the man who is the Lord, land of the Lord, or Lord of the land, spake roughly unto us and took us, and we said that we are true men, we are not, we are no spies. Uh, we have, uh, and they start telling their story. We be twelve brethren, sons of our father, one is not, and that's Joseph. Joseph is sitting there looking at him. They still don't know who he is. And the youngest is this day with our father uh, in the land of Canaan. And the man and the man of the Lord, uh, the man, the Lord of the country, said unto us, Hereby shall I know that ye are true men. Leave one of your brethren here with me, and take food for the famine of your households, and be gone. Now that's exactly what uh, these, these boys end up doing. Uh, and he goes, verse 34, he says, And bring your youngest brother unto me. Now, I, I put a note in my next in the next chapter that I get into, but nobody asked, why do you want to see Benjamin? I mean, what is the purpose of Benjamin? 
They may have got some enlightenment if they'd have stopped for a second, but the guilt overrode their thoughts. They were under such conviction about what they'd done to their brother, brother Joseph, 20-something years earlier, that they never even questioned, why are you asking about Benjamin? They never even thought about it. Brother, sometimes your sin, be sure your sin will find you out, but sometimes your sin will rise to a level in your life that you can't see anything else other than that. And that's what you need to deal with before the lights come back on. And that's what these boys are dealing with. They, don't, they still don't have a clue. Bring your youngest brother to me. Then shall I know that ye are no spies. How would that prove that ye are no spies? You could go out in the land, grab another little kid and bring him in. No, Joseph knows and they need to deal with it. And, and your sin must be dealt with. It has to be. Uh, you know, when you know that, uh, when you're all, a lot, most people don't like being alone. But when it's all nice and quiet and peaceful and you're all by yourself and these thoughts start going through your head, right there's where God's at. And he wants to deal with you. He does, it's all this noise out here in this world and all this, this stuff just going constantly. Uh, it's an amazing thing how it just keeps you constantly thinking about other things. When you stop, be still and know that I am God. You stop and start thinking about him, and all of a sudden, you know, a good jail cell sometimes will do good for you. But make it nice and quiet. I like ships because you're out there in the middle of the ocean. You get a few minutes, you walk out on the deck, nobody's around, and, and I mean, just quiet. Uh, you hear the water rushing by the ship, but, I mean, it's just quiet. It's you, it's you in your mind. That's where you're at. And Lord, there. Uh, verse 35, and it came to pass as they emptied their sacks uh, that, behold, every man's bundle of money was in his sack, and when, uh, when both they and their father saw the bundles of money, they were afraid. And Jacob, their father, said to them, Me have ye bereaved of my children. Joseph is not, and Simeon is not, and ye will take Benjamin away. All these things are against me. Now, uh, Joseph, Jacob is coming to a point in his life where he's, he's going to have to start realizing it's more than Benjamin and it's more than Joseph. It is the nation of Israel. Uh, you have a family that is going to go out and going to spread out and going to bring the nation of Israel. And eventually one day, the Lord Jesus Christ is going to come down through that bloodline. Uh, kings are going to come out of your loins. All that stuff's coming out of your loins. You need to get away from this centered, self-centered uh, viewpoint that you have. You may have loved Rachel better than you did Leah, but God gave you both. And he gave you 12 sons and a daughter, and, and all 12 of them mean the same thing. Uh, Jacob, Jacob is right here thinking his whole world uh, boils around uh, jo uh, Benjamin, and that's a very narrow point. You don't ever want to get there. Your, your world's bigger than that. Uh, and, Jacob, uh, and Jacob, their father, said, uh, Me have ye bereaved of my children. Joseph is not, and Simeon is not, and ye will take, away ben uh, and ye will take Benjamin away. All these things are against me. Jacob, Jacob, Jacob is... Is all of a sudden realizing that, hey, there's some things that he has to deal with. And it is an amazing thing how God has to get us to a place where our life is falling apart or things are just constantly in a turmoil to get us to stop and think about him. Uh, that's where he is. Galatians, uh, believe me, what goes around comes around. I got a little note here. Uh, Galatians 6, 7, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth his flesh shall of his flesh reap corruption. Jacob sowed his flesh back there. Uh, it's coming 20-something years later. It's coming back on him. Uh, and he's now going to have to pay the piper, and, and it's going to cost him. It's going to cost his kids. Uh, it's going to cost. Your, be sure your sin will find you out. 
And there just comes a problem when it happens, and there's nothing you can do about it. I don't know, I don't know how you can get out of it. Life, uh, I got a message this morning, but life, life is one of those strange things that just go on and on and on and on and on, and you can't ever quit. Uh, you can prepare yourself the best you can, but you never know what the future holds, ever what the future holds. And the moment matters. And Jacob did some things to his brother Esau, and he did some things to his mom and dad. He did some things to Laban. He had some things happen to him. He did a bunch of stuff that, that is going to come back. And, and you hear people all the time saying, like, you shouldn't load your ships. Quit loading your ships. Well, that, that's a, just a phrase, a terminology where you're putting your sin on a boat and you send it out to sea and you think it's gone and it's not. It has to come back in the dock somewhere and get unloaded. And one of these days, you've got to unload that thing. And the best thing to do is stop loading them and then start taking care of the stuff that's out there that's already, that you know is loaded up. And get it under the blood, and hopefully the Lord Jesus Christ will hide the thing. And, and everybody doesn't have to know everything about you. Amen, I mean, I, I, you, I got all kinds of things I will not say to you. But however common, I told the Lord this a long time ago. If somebody asks me something, and it is true, I will tell them. If, it, if, if, if it's nothing that's going to concern you, I'm not going to tell you at all. That's between me and the Lord. But if the Lord ever decides to bring that thing up, I am not going to hesitate. I will... I will, I'll admit to whatever it is, or I'll correct whatever it is. I'll do whatever I have to do. Uh, but what goes around comes around. But, but, there's mercy and grace. And I love mercy and grace. The rest of that verse says, but he that soweth to the Spirit. God gives you a way out. The Lord gives you a way out. Paul, when he writes this, gives us a way out of that thing. Only by pride cometh contention. And if we ever get to the place where we realize that the problem is with us and not with the Lord, it's with me, not the Lord, and I get my pride out of the way, uh, and it's me and the Lord, then he's willing to offer grace and mercy all day long. Uh, But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing. So you can't ever quit. Uh, Brother, this world is, you don't quit until you take your last breath. You never quit. You're always learning. You're always trying to figure out the next move. What does the Lord, and the, the key to this thing is slowing this thing down to where you can actually see what the Lord wants you to do. What this world wants you to do is hustle and bustle and hustle and bustle and hustle and bustle and faster and faster and faster and faster and get all this education and spend all your time in colleges and spend, here, and spend your life for them. So that when you're old and gray, you don't feel like doing nothing. I'm 66, I'll be 67 this year, and I'm starting to feel that I'm just tired. And I know one thing, I can't keep up with a 20-year-old kid. And I can't keep up with it. Even mentally, I can't keep up with a 20, 25, 30-year-old person. Uh, I just can't do it. But I know what the Lord has done for me. And and he says, slow down, man, slow down. I wish I could have learned a lot of this many, many years ago. He goes, and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. I watched a, kids were over the other night, we was watching a Charlie Brown movie. And in that movie, Charlie Brown is called the Peanuts movie or whatever, and the, the Charlie Brown was sitting there, and he was, uh, Charlie Brown's always, like, everything goes wrong. I mean, everything in his life goes wrong. You ever been like that? You ever feel like your whole life is? Some of these Schultz did that great character with the people, just the little kids in there. Uh, but uh, Charlie Brown's always, so he takes his test, and at the very end, him and Peppermint Patty were running up to the front to drop their test off, and they got them mixed up, and they forgot to put their names on. Charlie Brown puts his name on his test, and she puts her name on her test, and, and lo and behold, he gets 100. And uh, he got the test mixed up. It wasn't his test. It was her test. Her test, she didn't get 100 on. But, 
Uh, he didn't realize that until later on down in the show, and then they handed him the test back when they were all giving him accolades and everything else. He looked at it, and he goes, this isn't my test. And he, he folded it up and stuck it in his pocket and was trying to go through the thing like it was, and conviction got the better part of him, and he pulled it out and said, this is not my test. It was Peppermint Patty's test. And what I'm trying to say is when he said 100, immediately in my mind, it went back to a time when I was sitting down taking a test one time. And I passed that thing, and I thought I failed it. I thought it was all over. I thought, I sure it was failed. I failed. I convinced everybody in class. I was a distinguished honor grad up to that point, but I figured I failed it. Uh, I mean, it just, my head hurt when I quit that test. I walked out of there. And we got back in there, and they just started reading off everybody's scores and this, that, and the other. And they came to mind and said 100 and went on. And I thought the class was going to kill me. And as soon as he said, I'm like, Lord, what a, I said, that, that little thing right there jarred my memory on a thought way, way back in my life somewhere where it was just me and the Lord out there somewhere, and I was all by myself in the military uh, down in Fort Gordon, Georgia. I didn't have any family around. It was just me and him. Uh, always, man, me and him had a good time. I always gave him the glory, and he allowed me to see some things and grow through some things. But, you know, my life didn't stop there. It went to somewhere else, and you had to prove yourself. And then it went somewhere else, and you had to prove yourself. And now I'm here, and guess what? 66 years old, I still got to do things. You can't ever go back and say, oh, I used to do this all. And now, no, no, today is where life is. Life is right here today. And guess what? Jacob is in a place where everything's falling apart. Why does it always have to fall apart before we do anything? Before God gets our attention, why does it have to be a mess? Boy, I remember Dr. Roman preaching a sermon one time, and there was all padded pews down, and he goes, and he, he was talking about, you know what? He says, why, why can't you just get right? Here's an altar. Why can't you get right at this altar? Come down. It's a good message. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I remember the, the invitation. And he says, why can't you get padded pews, air conditioning, everything going on, or heat, whatever it was, whether it's winter or summer. I don't know what it was. Uh, I just remember him saying, everything is, is nice and comfortable in here, but you won't do it. He goes, you'll wait till the car's tumped upside down on the middle of the road somewhere, nobody around, gas dripping all over the place. It's getting ready to blow up, and you'll cry out to God then. He goes, why won't you do it when everything is nice? Because we just won't do it. Because You know what our problem is? Is we think about everything else other than him. Your thoughts should always be on the Lord as much as you can keep it there. Reuben, Reuben, <laughs> Reuben spake. Well, the Lord says, it goes, and let us not be weary in well-doing. You know, uh, in well-doing, it has to be a, uh, it's a mindset. you got to have your mind focused on, I want to do something for God. And guess what? There's going to be all kinds of people who try to get in the way. There's going to be all kinds of people who try to stop you. Uh, I think there should be a lot of stuff in, in, your, in your processes. You, before you do anything, you should consider what you're going to do to everybody else around you. Uh, because sometimes what you do hurts other people. And when you do that, you're going to be held accountable for that. So I, I'm very cautious. Sometimes I hurt people. I know I do. But I'm trying to, I try to go overboard as much as I possibly can to give somebody the benefit of the doubt and a break. And when they push it to a level where I can no longer go, then that's where I go. Uh, but until then, it, it takes a lot. You can ask most people, it usually takes a lot for me to slam my foot down and say, no, I'm done. Uh, but I mean a lot. It takes a lot. You really have to be really messed up for me to do that. Uh, and a couple of people have reached that point with me. And we have therefore opportunity, as we therefore have opportunity. Opportunity will always come. That, that Paul said that. Opportunity is getting ready to happen to these young men back here in, in Genesis. They just don't see it yet. Opportunity is getting ready to happen to everybody in this room. They just don't see it. You don't see it. You don't know what, you don't know what one second in front of you has for you. God does. 
I like a Bible where he's honest in here. He says, I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. <laughs> I know everything. He knows your upright. Oh, man. Oh, it is just in Psalm 139. What a psalm, man. What a psalm. That, that was my favorite psalm forever. It still is. Every time I come up to that psalm, I mean, it just, it, it breaks my heart. Because I'm like, Lord, how in the world could you possibly, could I possibly, Psalm 139, real quick. You know what's wrong with, here, I mean, this psalm is it. This psalm is humans from the beginning of time to right now. Oh, Lord, thou hast searched me. David had it. David knows exactly what he's talking about here. Oh, Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down cities and my uprisings. Thou understandest my thoughts afar off. Thou, so anything you're thinking, he already knows. There's nothing you can hide. He goes, uh, thou compassed my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. <laughs> He's watching what you do. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thy hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it to it. You need to realize you can't. Whither shall I go? From thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. That's Jesus Christ. Brother, when you get in your Bible and you start reading this thing, one thing you realize from Genesis to Revelation is that God's in control. And when we try to take that control back, we mess that thing up. God has a plan. It is not our plan. It's his. And he is trying to get us in his plan, not our plan. Sometimes our plan don't work out right, and, and it causes trouble. Uh, most of the time, I know my plan never worked out right. Uh, I always liked tech manuals. I thought tech manuals were cool as anything uh, because they were perfect. All you had to do is do what the tech manual said. Uh, I, I remember one time, Balovich called me, and I, I took a satellite off. I took the 78 off, offline. I hit the wrong two little switches, and, and I heard this, the, that five-story antenna go come down. And I'm like, uh-oh, Gary, I said, put those switches back in the other position. He did, and I heard it go back up. Uh, but it was, it was off the satellite. All the fleet just lost everything. I mean, I just took down the entire nation pretty, pretty much. Every Navy ship, every satellite station overseas, everything around the world, I just took it all down. All the submarines, everything just went down. Uh, and I'm sitting there going, uh oh. So I go inside and I walk in, and Balovich says, Get it back up, get it. Take five minutes, sir. Can't help you. Five minutes. I'm sorry, it's five minutes. Time out, five minutes. I waited five minutes. It clicked. I went back online. He said, I want to see you in my office. I, said, I already knew what was kind of getting ready to happen. So I go in there with a tech manual in my hand, big old fat tech manual, about three times bigger than this. I said, See right here, sir. You see this? This right here, and this right here, and this right here. I said, If, 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 I said, nobody's ever been doing that check. I said, that card sits in a box out there on the deck. That's the first time I ever did that check. I said, nobody at this site has ever done that check. And that's an annual check, so that means this site's been here for 20 years. That check should have been done 20 times. It has never been done. And I said, I'll tell you something else. Across this world, that check has never been done. I said, if it has, that, there would have been a note inside there saying, don't flip those two switches. <laughs> I said, sir, I flipped the two switches because nobody told me not to. And I'm told I have to do exactly what the card says. I can't make this stuff up. So whatever this card says, that's what I got to do. And I said, I did exactly. He said, Elliot, straighten the card out and get out of here. 
and he sent a message out, and I had to rewrite that card and put it in there. You know what I told me? Over the years that those stations have been in place all around this world, people have been just faking it, not doing what, lazy bums. He gives the card to actually a kid that's going to go do it, and when he does it, he finds out the card's wrong. The cards already should have been checked out. But you know what? I had a tech manual that got me out of trouble. And, and then, uh, you know what you got? You got a Bible that sits here keeps you out of trouble. This thing has all the answers. The problem is, is you are lazy and don't want to read it. I love you. I love you. I'm telling you, I don't like reading this thing either. I don't like sitting down and try to read it four times a year. Actually, the Lord told me twice. I threw it in. He said, you make a vow, you got to stick to it. <laughs> so now I got to read it four times a year. I'm watching my lips before I ever say six times. Because I'm telling you what, brother, it takes some time. You have to throw other things away so you can spend time in your Bible. And when the more you read this thing, guess what? You start seeing his nature. And he goes, Mike, I know every single thing about you. I know your wickedness. I know your heart. I know your desires. I know everything about you. I know exactly what you're thinking right now. I know what you've done, what you're going to do, I know. And I'm going to try to warn you to keep you from doing it, if you'll listen. You know what Jacob's problem was? He never really got that. But he didn't have a Bible. You've got to cut him some slack. He didn't have a Bible in his hand. He just got to talk to the Lord. And the Holy Spirit talked to him. Uh, Reuben, verse 37, Genesis 42, 37. And Reuben spake unto his father, saying, Slay my two sons, if I bring him not to thee. Deliver him into, uh, him into my hand, and I will bring him to thee again. No, Reuben, you won't. Uh, go, to 40, go to a couple chapters over 49. Just because people say stuff means absolutely nothing. It really doesn't. Uh, really, what matters is when the rubber meets the road. I mean, that's what really matters. Uh, 49, 49, uh, 4. Jacob is now talking about his sons. And, man, I forgot to shave today. I knew I was supposed to do something before I left the house. Uh, but he's talking about his four sons. And in verse 3, he says, Reuben, thou art my firstborn, my might, and the beginning of my strength. The excellency of dignity and the excellency of power. Unstable as water. That's what he thought about his son. Uh, that's what Jacob thinks about him right back here. You're telling me you're going to give me your two boys. First of all, your two boys don't matter to me. My son does. And, Jay, and, and Reuben, you, you are a stinking liar. You're unstable. You know what most people look at? You, that's a testimony. We're only a couple chapters from this. Reuben's already developed that, that with his dad. And he tells him why right there. And, and most of us, we don't catch that your life isn't momentary if I just start doing good right. No, no, it takes a lifetime to, to make a testimony, minutes to destroy it. But a lifetime, years sometimes to develop something, and you got to watch how that thing gets destroyed. I mean, you, there's no reason why you, shouldn't, you should let that thing get destroyed. I would never, I mean, I, I like, you know, people always, I got my message this morning, it's on David, but they always come down on David for this and for that and a few other things, but... Uh, there's some really positive things about David. He was a man after God's own heart, number one. Uh, he, you're no different than he is. He's just a man. A, a man or a woman still does stupid stuff. And uh, all through life, God realizes that he did some things wrong. Reuben, right here back into uh, Genesis 37, we're almost done with the chapter. He says, I'll bring him uh, to thee again. Uh, first of all, you can't guarantee that. You don't know what the man in Egypt's going to do. He might keep you all next time. Uh, you're just thinking you're going to trust that guy. No, you're guilty, and you're guilty of the sin that you did to your brother 22 years earlier, and now the piper's coming, you've got to pay the piper. 
Verse 38, and he said, my son shall not go down with you. That's Jacob protecting. Uh, why didn't you protect, here you go, Jacob. Why didn't you protect the other 10? Why didn't you care about Simeon? Simeon's down there in prison right now. Do you not care about your other son down there? No, he, his mindset's on this one boy, and that boy ties him to Rachel, which Rachel had idols. I mean, she had gods that she stole from her father, uh, and Jacob's got to learn a couple things. And he said, my son shall not go down with you, for his brother is dead. And he is left alone. Like, I don't really care about the rest of you guys. What I cared about was Joseph and Benjamin. Uh, and that, that is really a danger. We pick out people and we say, I care about this person more than that person. What I care about is the Lord Jesus Christ. And what am I going to do and how is it going to affect him and the people around me according to that? That's exactly what, I, before I make a move, I want to make sure what I do is not going to affect that relationship between me and him and those around me. Now, I know sometimes you got to do stuff that you don't necessarily want to do. I got that. But, brother, you ought, you ought to expend every opportunity, the option that you have before you get to that place. And he said, my son should not go down with you, for his brother is dead. And he is left alone. If mischief befalls him by the way in which ye go, ye shall bring down my gray hairs with sorrow to the grave. Uh, Jacob is saying, I don't really care about the rest of you. I had a lady call me and and uh, Brother Joe was talking about a lady that he knew that, that had issues also and, and uh, broken families and all that other stuff. And, and you sit there and listen to all that stuff and you wonder how in the world that could possibly ever happen. And she said, Mike, I've done everything I can do. This lady I was talking to, she said, I've done everything I can do to resolve it and just can't, you can't resolve it. Well, the world gets them. Uh, that's what preaching does. Preaching at least brings it to your attention. And if you will do something about it, you won't end up like Jacob's sons did. And end up like Jacob with the, the feelings he had toward his sons. Uh, it's a two-way street. Young people, your danger is you think you know everything. And I'm going to tell you right now, you don't. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and, and I said, you know, one thing I know in the military, I had a bunch of lost men teach me some things. And I will never go back on those guys. Those guys taught me some stuff. And to this day, I still appreciate everything those men taught me. Uh, I would not be here today if those men had not taught. Lost men. I respect those men for what they taught me. Now, I don't care what anybody else says. Those men took time out of their life to give, impart to me something, and I took what they said, and it changed my life. You know, I watch a lot of other people who didn't do it. 43, and the famine was sore in the land. Why do we, oh, here we go again. I don't know about you, but when I read my Bible, I keep seeing this thing. Why do we keep doing this? Why, why do we wait until it's, it's, it gets worse and worse and worse and worse, and we think it's going to get better and better and better, and the solution's right in front of us, and we just refuse to do it. And the famine was, and the famine was sore in the land, and it came to pass uh, when they had eaten up the corn which they had brought out of Egypt, their father said to them, go again, buy us a little food. The food is almost gone. They still have some fruits and vegetables and stuff of that, or some fruits and nuts and stuff, uh, which aren't too bad, I guess. You can, I don't know how long you can survive on that. Uh, Jacob gets his boys together, tells them to go buy some food. Uh, Jacob does not want to abide by the conditions that Joseph has set. Now, he doesn't know that's Joseph. He just thinks that's a leader in Egypt. But the conditions that the man in Egypt has placed on them, that's called rebellion. You want now, now, you can go anywhere you want at that point, do whatever you want to do, but if you're going to go back to that guy, that guy said these are the rules, and then you're going to have to follow them, and, and they don't want to do that. Joseph had a plan. Now, here you go. It isn't Joseph's plan. It's actually God's plan. 
God needs to get those people down into Egypt. And he's going to get them people down into Egypt. He's going to get Jacob and his sons and his sons' sons and his whole family down into Egypt. He's going to get them down there. But the thumb has to come down on that family till he gets them there. And really, Jacob, all he had to do is say, okay, let's do it. Let's go down there. I'll go. Why didn't Jacob go down and talk to him face to face? Let, let me go down there. I will go down there and I can resolve. Let's take all of the sons down there. We'll go down there. We'll solve this thing right now. Jacob sends his kids down there and he never goes down until at the very end of the thing, which is crazy. He should have been down there. Uh, God has to force Jacob to do what needs to be done in order for him to bless him. Isn't that crazy? Have you, ever, have you ever stopped and thought about some of your blessings sometime? I think God messed my finger up. I think the Lord messed my finger up when I was 16, so I couldn't get in the Navy at 17 because I wasn't ready to go in the Navy. And I tried three times to get in the Navy, and I could not get in the Navy because of that finger. And at 22, right after I got saved, I'm driving down the road one day. It hadn't been three or four weeks. I'm driving down the road, and I look over there, and there's this little trailer sitting there. You ever remember what God's done for you? And here's this little trailer. And it was like, they won't take me because of my finger. I want to go in the Navy so bad I can taste it, but they won't take me because of my finger. And this little thought in my head says, go over and join the Navy. I'm like, they ain't going to take me in the Navy. I've tried this thing three times. It ain't going to happen. The conversation persists. And I'm sitting at the red light. I can take you to the red light. And I'm sitting at the red light talking to the, whoever. I didn't even know who I was talking to the Lord at the moment. Now I do know exactly who I was talking to. And before the other red light, I hit the other red light. I pulled in the parking lot, going there, joined the Navy, and the rest is history. You say, what is it? God was waiting for me to get to a place that I was in communications with him so he could direct my steps. If you're not in communications with him, he can't direct your steps unless he does it in a way that you necessarily probably will not like. Verse 3, and it's 1044. And Judah spake unto him, saying, the man did solemnly. So he tells him to go. And Judah's like, hey, Dad, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Remember what we told you when he came back? That's what he's going to re repeat to him. And Judah spake unto him, saying, the man did solemnly protest unto us, saying, ye shall not see my face except your brethren, your brother be with you. So Jake, Judah is telling Jacob, look, we told you when we came back, we cannot go back. Simeon's down there, and the only way we're going to get him out of there is to go back. And you done said no, and we're going to listen to what you say, but, but we're not going back. I am not going back without Benjamin going with us. If thou will not send our brother with us, we will not go down to buy the, the food. But if, thou will send, if, if, but if thou will not send him, uh, we will not go down. For the man said unto us, ye shall not see my face, except your brother be with you. Judah reiterates what Joseph told him in Egypt. He's not going to change it. He said, this is what he said, and he said he would not go down unless uh, the conditions placed on them were met. If you want me to go back down there, we're going to have to take your son. Again, up to this point, nobody's asked, why Benjamin? What could Benjamin possibly have that this guy down in, in Egypt wants to see? Why would he even be, don't you ever, I read this thing, I'm like, Lord, and then the Lord said, it's sin. Sin has done blinded their minds to everything except their belly. You know what your problem most of the time is? Is your belly. What pleases you. You gotta, I, 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 I say, let me rephrase that. What pleases me. I'll tell you that right now. We get, your, your body, man, your flesh is insatiable. Uh, and you won't worry about nothing else but that. When it gets right down to it, uh, you'll take, I like over in Job, uh, he says, uh, oh man, 
before I quote it, I'd rather go read it. You ever read Job? Job's a good book, too. <laughs> Your Bible, the whole Bible's a cool book, man. These men, you know, when you read these stories, I hear people say they'll, they'll dwell on the, the, uh, what they read. I can't believe God. Shut up. Job has been dead for 3,520 3, years. He hasn't got a problem now. He's in heaven enjoying himself. He's having a great time. I'm not sure exactly what he's doing. I know he's not of the bride, but I know he's there because uh, Jesus Christ over there said uh, he took paradise up to heaven with him. Paradise is there. Job is there. He doesn't have this problem. And the devil said skin for skin. I like, I like the way he said that. Uh, and Satan answered the Lord and said, skin for skin. Yea, all that a man uh, hath will he give for his life. You know, all they care about is what they're eating. They don't care one thing about Simeon. All they care about is their next meal. And, brethren, when you get right down to it, your next meal could, may or may never come. Uh, I mean, they, they said, uh, I think I heard them the other day, said 75 or 71, something, it's a high number of people uh, believe the Holocaust didn't even exist. Young people. They've been trained out of it. And, and I mean, it's, you've got history that they've, they've, the only way that you can change a group of people is change history. I don't think they should take any of the statutes as George Washington down. As a matter of fact, I think they should put a couple more up. Did I agree with everything George Washington did? In the day, I probably would have. Today, I probably don't. But however common, you can't go back in history and change somebody that's died 200 years ago, 250 years ago. That is what happened. Now learn from that history and change it. Don't go back and try to change history so you can make a false history up here. That's exactly what they're doing right now. And it's not going to get better. It's just going to get worse. Uh, and Judah spake, and he goes, he's going to send it. So Israel, Israel, verse 6, and Israel said, now God, in, in the infinite wisdom of our Lord, doesn't say Jacob here. He says Israel. It's about a nation. It is not about a man, and it's not about his sons. It is about a nation. The nation is Israel. And he calls Jacob Israel here. And he goes, Israel said, wherefore deal ye so ill with me? That's what they're doing over to him right now. As to tell the man whether ye had a brother. Now, how in the world, this is why I love the Lord. How in the world could any of them boys, now Joseph could. Joseph was a seer. Joseph, God gave him dreams. Joseph could see some things. But, but these boys couldn't, and nor can we, unless you've got a Bible sitting in your hand. Jacob's still trying to avoid the only solution uh, there is and blames other for their circumstances. Why would you tell him that he had a brother? How would they possibly know, I'm going to tell him you got a brother, I'm going to tell him i got a family, i got a mom and dad, and blah, 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 and how was I supposed to know that he's going to say, bring me your brother? There is no possible way you can know that unless you're God. There is no Jacob, Joseph goes up in front of Pharaoh, and Pharaoh tells him the dream, and Joseph tells him exactly what the dream means. He knew that was God. Nebuchadnezzar did the same thing, and he actually didn't even tell him the dream. Jo uh, Daniel came up, and he said, if you can't tell me the dream and the interpretation, Joseph, Daniel goes, well, let me go pray about that thing. He comes back and says, oh, here's your dream. And he tells him the dream, and he goes, oh, by the way, here's the interpretation of your dream. That made Nebuchadnezzar believe Joseph was a man of God. Now, that would just about freak anybody out. Unless you can do that, you got a problem. These boys got it. You ever read your Bible? Your Bible isn't just a book to read to say, I've read it. It's meant to change your life. And if you're not letting this thing change your life, then you don't really care what this book says anyways. And you're going to live your life. You will live our lives the way we want to live it. 
Brother, I'm telling you, it will come out no different than this man right here. Uh, Jacob is still trying to find another solution uh, to the situation he finds himself in. If I just think about this thing for a while. That's education. Education is stupid. They think we can find a solution. No, the solution is the Lord. But we don't want the Lord in it. So we got to go all the way down to this place ain't going to get no better. It's going to get worse. i got one minute. For only, the only solution that ever existed for a man is to trust God. That's the only solution we have. Man still don't believe that. That's what Abel had. That's what Cain had. That's what Adam and Eve had. That's what everybody had down the road. That's what Noah had. That's what everybody has. The only solution you have is to find God and then trust him. Because otherwise, you don't know what the next moment holds for you. I don't know what the next moment holds for me either. I know somebody who does. And all I got to do is trust him. So that's what I'm going to do. Uh, for some reason, it's always the last option. And I'll stop right here. It's the last option uh, when all others have been exhausted. When we exhaust everything, when we shut it all down and get to the end of that thing, and we find out we still can't do it, then we, for some reason, trust God. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of ways to trust God other than waiting to the end. I'm trying to learn now just, like, let's do that first. And then we'll worry about the rest. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Thank you for Sunday school class. Father, again, pray, uh, pray that you'd be with this uh, morning message. Those on their way, Lord, and those uh, traveling, uh, 